if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Onward we roll now at nine minutes after 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us as we continue on this uh, Wednesday, the 29th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord 2020. Thanks again to Tom Zawistowski for talking about the need to reopen Ohio right now. And I want to start this hour, and we'll go to your phone calls as quickly as I can, but I want to start this hour by giving you a little bit of information. Perhaps the best news is the best place to start. There is a little bit of good news, potentially anyway. Scientists in Oxford, England, are working very hard round the clock. You know, we always like to think that when the cure or the vaccine or the problem is solved or whatever, uh, it's going to come from the United States. That's not always the case. And uh, while most of the leadership of the White House or from the White House uh, Coronavirus Response Task Force has said that the ne- the earliest we can expect a vaccine is 18 months away. In Oxford, they're saying, uh, how about maybe, um, I don't know, five months away? They may have one ready to go on a widespread basis by September. Listen. In the global race to find a vaccine, Oxford University just jumped way ahead of the pack. Human testing is already underway, and scientists say they're hopeful it will be available by September. Well, personally, I'm, I have a high degree of confidence about this vaccine because it's technology that I've used before. Technology they had already developed in previous work on inoculations for other viruses, including a close relative of COVID-19, giving the lab a step ahead. The vaccine takes the coronavirus's genetic material and injects it into a common cold virus that's been neutralized so it can't spread in people. The modified virus will mimic COVID-19, triggering the immune system to fight off the imposter and providing protection against the real thing. The experimental vaccine has reportedly worked in protecting rhesus macaque monkeys like these that were exposed to heavy quantities of COVID-19. In the human trials, 550 participants are given the vaccine, another 550 a placebo. It feels like finally I'm able to do something, and I felt like this was a way for me um, to contribute to the, to the cause. 
wasting no time. One of the largest drug makers in the world based in India say they'll start producing millions of vaccines by next month, even before it's proven to work. Nora? Now, that was CBS News, uh, Nora O'Donnell show. Um, Obviously, that last part is a bit of a game changer. You know, India is talking about producing something that has not been proven to work. Uh, I'm sure everyone would prefer to wait for the trials, those who are interested in taking the vaccine in the first place. If you are of the mindset that the vaccine will be the game changer that will put all of this to bed and get us back to, you know, the, the life that we were used to living, the life of liberty and freedom, freedom from government tyranny and government oversight and government overreaching, quite frankly, um, that's pretty good news. If you are of the mindset that I want the vaccine when it's available, uh, how about five months instead of 18 months? So I want to give you the good news with the bad. You know, too much of the doom and gloom set, you know, particularly from the likes of Dr. Amy Acton, or are you just not ready? And, uh, and Mike DeWine, oh, no, 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 we, we can't do that yet. Everybody's just so panicky, even though their models are wrong, even though their uh, predictions have been wrong and all the rest. All of the doom and gloom and all of the negativity and all of the, you know, the uh, worst case scenarios. I prefer President Trump's um mindset here president trump has been optimistic and aspirational from the very start now some may say that's also naive well he just thinks it's going to disappear well eventually uh you know with the help of medical science by the way it's not just like some sort of uh you know miracle although medical science is sometimes a miracle um that it's going to go away but you know he has talked about you know the possibility of reopening and getting things going again while protecting people with the best practices without being heavy-handed and authoritarian and i kind of prefer president trump's optimism i prefer his his goals rather than everybody else talking about worst case scenarios and so for me to hear that they could possibly have this as early as september is a very very good thing now having said that I want to give you some bad news. And this is two-part bad news. One part is that one of the president's strongest allies in many different things, including getting federal judges confirmed, just like a factory cranking them out, uh, really beneath the radar without the spotlight of the media, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, he has been a very strong advocate for the president in many, many ways. Now, not always. They don't always see 100% eye-to-eye. But he's been a strong advocate, which makes this that much more confusing and that much more frustrating, to be honest with you. Experts and Washington insiders are scratching their heads and wondering, why did Mitch McConnell's NRSC send out, that's the National Republican Senatorial Campaign, send out a memo to GOP candidates telling them, don't defend the president's coronavirus response with the exception of supporting the Chinese travel ban at the beginning, don't um, row the boat in the same direction as President Trump. Don't defend him. Don't take the same approach. Now, nobody can really understand why. I can't quite understand why, but here's Lou Dobbs reporting on it. Staring back at rhino Republicans, if that's not a contradiction, running the National Republican Senatorial Committee, They're creating headaches for more than a few people. The NRSC recently put out a memo urging Republican candidates not to support the president's response to the Wuhan virus pandemic. That memo said in part, quote, don't defend Trump other than the China China travel ban, attack China. 
The Trump campaign warning if any Republican candidate follows the memo, they risk being reelected. I assume that he meant the part about don't run with Trump. Our next. So it's a very bizarre turn of events here. Um, Mitch McConnell, again, has been a pretty stalwart ally in most circumstances. And for his um, Senate uh, senatorial campaign to say don't follow President Trump's lead is an indication of either a lack of confidence in the president or a break in policy, a recent break in policy with the president. I just don't know what it is. But nobody can quite understand why GOP candidates are being told not to defend the president and not to uh, share the same messaging with respect to uh, the coronavirus and the president's response. So that's one piece of bad news. Now, here's the other. And, and well, and you can view this, I guess, in a number of ways. Um, it's, it's bad news insofar as the reality of it. But it's good news to hear somebody having the guts to say this. And what I'm talking about is the hysteria surrounding this. Tom Zawistowski joined us and talked about why we need to reopen Ohio right now. We talk about the numbers. We talk about the models. We talk about the reality. We talk about the empty hospitals. We talk about the curve being flattened. We talk about the economy shrinking in the first quarter by 4.8%. All of those things adding up together indicate that we have to stop this nonsense. And it's the nonsense part that I'm talking about here. So there is a tremendous op-ed in the Washington Times um, that is using the word that most people don't want to use, and that word is hoax. Now, I want to be very careful when I say this because I even put it on my Facebook page this way last night after I read it. Um, They are not calling the coronavirus itself a hoax when you hear this headline. There's a word that needs to be included that needs to be spotlighted here in it. It's the hype. The headline uh, in the Washington Times is not calling the, uh, the coronavirus itself a hoax, but, quote, coronavirus hype, biggest political hoax in history. Now, why do I even care about this? I care about this because on on a widespread basis or on a large-scale basis, rather, this is something that isn't being said enough. People are afraid of the word hoax because President Trump to this day is still accused of calling the coronavirus a hoax at the outset. When what he said was is the media's fixation on his response and condemnation of his response to the coronavirus, that was like another hoax. It was like another opportunity for them to try to take me down. They used the Russia hoax, they used the Ukraine hoax, and now they're going to use the coronavirus hoax. Not that the virus is a hoax, but that his response was somehow inadequate, inept, uh, or, or whatever the case might be. So people are afraid to use that word hoax. But this article, and I want to share just a portion of it with you, but this article is just spot on. Um, the hype surrounding this may be the biggest political hoax in history. Cheryl Chumley for the Washington Times writing, The new coronavirus is real. The response to the coronavirus is hyped. And in time, this hype will be revealed as politically hoaxed. In fact, COVID-19 will go down as one of the world's biggest and most shamefully overblown, overhyped, overly and irrationally inflated and outright deceptively flawed responses to a health matter in American history. One that was carried largely on the lips of medical professionals who have no business running a national economy or government. The facts are this. COVID-19 is a real disease that sickens some people, proves fatal to others, mostly the elderly, and does nothing to the vast majority. That's it. That, in a nutshell, is it. 
Or, in the words of Dan Erickson and Artin Masihi, doctors of, uh, and co-owners of Accelerated Urgent Care in Bakersfield, California, let's get the country reopened and now. Do we still need to shelter in place? Our answer is emphatically no. Do we need businesses to be shut down? Emphatically no. Data is showing it's time to lift, Erickson said in a recent interview. He's right. They're right. The data to keep America closed and Americans closed in simply does not exist. If truth be told, it's questionable it ever did. The scientists leading the coronavirus shutdown charge predicted in March that in America, between 100,000 and 250,000 people would die. They based those estimates on computer modeling. But at the same time they were basing those estimates on computer modeling, they were acknowledging that the computer modeling is inaccurate and errs on the side of hype. I've never seen a model of the diseases I've dealt with where the worst case actually came out, said Anthony Fauci, director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and a member of the task force. They always overshoot. Catch that? Fauci's message, computer models are flawed and inaccurate and always overestimate the problem. But from these faulty and overinflated computer figures come all the constitutionally questionable actions by government anyway. From ordering businesses closed to quarantining slash house arresting American citizens to doing some quick and pitiful and economically painful income redistribution schemes via the stimulus funds legislation. Since then, about 56,000 have died in America due to coronavirus. Or have they? Again, the facts are flimsy. Government ordered hospitals weeks ago to stop performing elective surgeries to make way for the projected number of coronavirus patients. So they did. And in so doing, they cut off their revenue streams. So Congress passed legislation giving hospitals billions of dollars to treat coronavirus patients. Conflict of interest? Yes. The coronavirus counts already flawed from the computer modeling were then given another flaw treatment. Quote, Pennsylvania removes more than 200 deaths from official coronavirus count as questions mount about reporting process and data accuracy, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. And to add to that, the ever-changing nature of a virus that spreads by air and contact, and honestly, suddenly, even expert Fauci's best guess is about as good as Joe Neighbor's best guess. So that leaves common sense, combined with knowledge of past viruses, to guide us. But the quote-unquote medical experts refuse to go there, refuse to acknowledge common sense, refuse to compare with past viruses in any way that didn't hype the current coronavirus counts. This virus was different, Americans were told. This virus was far more contagious than anything ever before seen or studied, Americans were told. And any time the case case counts dropped off and the numbers proved wrong, well, this was due to the social distancing and quarantining and face mask wearing that Americans had been doing by government's order, we were told. It just didn't make sense, though. It didn't add up. It just didn't and doesn't justify the utter shredding of civil rights. And now the medical community, some are starting to point out the glaring omissions of logic and fact that have plagued this overhyped, overreaching coronavirus crackdown that has stretched on for far, far too long. And i got to get to a break here, so I can't give you the rest of this. I kind of wanted to. But the bottom line is, in summary, where we are today on April 29, 2020, this has been way, way more hype way, way more panic, way, way more hysteria-driven than scientifically, factually, and medically driven. That's just a fact that cannot be disputed. The hype is a hoax. And maybe the greatest political hoax in history, affecting people unlike any other time, 
in American history. All right, uh, got to get out. We'll come right back in and get some calls on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty-eight. Let me get a couple of calls in here before the bottom of the hour. Chuck has been waiting ever so patiently in North Ridgeville. Uh, thanks for your patience, Chuck. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yes. Hi. I was uh, at the uh, Free Ohio Now rally Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, and I am healthcare worker, and I wore my scrubs, and of course my Keep America Great hat. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, you betcha. And you know how many masks I counted? How many? Zero. Wow. Not. One person wearing, and the crowd churned. It was about 500 people, I'd say, probably 750 with the churning. But there was a lot of people on the street holding signs, and I was passing out uh, uh, free Ohio Now cards, uh, hashtag six six eight six six. I know you probably don't like that, but uh, there was probably another couple hundred people that I passed those out to. Um, I will tell you, I have been skeptical of this thing from the beginning. Two months ago, I was saying, I know what this is about. Uh, all the dumbo rats are going to close down their governments to hurt the president, all right? I've been proven right about this as far as the numbers that are coming out on this uh, Kung Flu. The only numbers that you can accurately count are the number of unemployment applications. Everything else is wrong, off the charts, ridiculous. In fact, I work at several places as a healthcare worker, uh, the hospitals are all, we're all half empty, okay? Now they're, uh, you know, under uh, economic destitution. Yeah. And I, I can tell you that I don't know anybody who has this virus. Now, this is the truth. I'm a healthcare worker, have been for 20 years. I don't know anyone. Now, one group I work with had fired a nurse for not wearing a mask. And she she had uh, been working with a kung flu uh, patient, but I don't know this nurse. I know of it, but I still don't well. I know I do know patient. I do know some people who have had it. Um, there's okay, there's well, you no know doubt. More than I do. Yeah, and, and and which is odd considering you're a healthcare worker. And Chuck, I got a jet here because I got to get to the news. Uh, thanks for the call. Um, I do know people, but the fact that these medical centers that you're talking about are empty is widely known now. And and yet there is no explanation being given. I mean, well, there's an explanation for why they're empty, because, they, again, they canceled all elective surgeries and procedures, wouldn't take regular patients, because we had to save all of our personnel and our resources for the crush of COVID patients that were going to be flying through the door every day. But that never happened, and for that there is no explanation whatsoever. So you're you're right. Um, you know, as far as uh, the... Burden on the healthcare system that we were warned, it never happened, and it's not going to happen. And that's why it is time now to do exactly what you were doing at the, in Columbus, passing out those cards. It's time to, quote, open Ohio now. Thank you so much for the phone call. Back after this. Ten thirty six. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hey, if you uh, have not yet seen it, you really need to do yourself a favor and uh, go to nosafespaces dot com and uh, watch. I mean, seriously, it's just such an important. It's first of all, it's entertaining. I, I wouldn't just tell you you're not going to sit there and just be bored. I mean, it's Adam Carolla for crying out loud, along with Dennis Prager, and surprisingly enough, Carolla is always funny. He's not surprised. 
Dennis Prager can be pretty funny too. It's entertaining. I wouldn't send you to like listen to a, you know, a, a college classroom lecture. That's not what No Safe Spaces is. It's actually very entertaining. It's very fun. You're going to see a lot of very familiar faces in addition to Prager and Corolla, but Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, Tim Allen, uh, and, and a lot of others, Alan Dershowitz. But it's so important as well as being entertaining because you need to learn what's, about what's happening to this country. There is a very sobering reminder in this movie, which was the number one political documentary in America last year. And that reminder is that no matter what, uh, who you are, if you think or say the wrong thing, and by the wrong thing it means something the radical left doesn't like, whether you do it online, at work, at school, at a place of worship, they will come for you and they will shut you down. Cancel culture is real. You've got to learn about what's happening to our First Amendment, our, our free speech in this country. No Safe Spaces online right now at nosafespaces.com. Use the discount code SAVE25, special for you as a listener of this show. SAVE25, SAVE25, to save 25% off the price of No Safe Spaces. Watch it as many times as you wish. Share it with friends. Have them come and watch it as well when you're allowed to get together, I suppose, at No safespaces.com. All right, uh want to continue excuse me not, excuse me continue now discussing the um impact of not the coronavirus but the cure. President Trump has said countless numbers of times the cure cannot be worse than the disease and it is proving to be exactly that for a lot of people, small business owners who have been shut down, many of whom are losing their businesses forever, many of whom are just unable to pay their bills and take care of their own obligations in the meantime while they are shut down. Some of them have become desperate and have said, sorry about your luck there, uh, Governor DeWine, this might be your order, but my order is to survive. I have to survive. I have to take care of my children or my child or whatever the case might be. I'm opening up. That's what Jamie Davis did. She owns a secondhand store in Cleveland called the Yard Sale Lady. Uh, and she's a single mom who said, I can't pay my bills if I'm not taking in money uh, at my store. And a quote from Cleveland.com from Jamie Davis that, that really struck me was, until I have the National Guard or some army guy come in and say we have to shut down, I'm not closing my business. This is how I pay my bills. If my business shuts down, that's all I have. End quote. Now, if that does not strike you as somebody who's a victim of the cure rather than the disease, then you're just not paying attention. So perhaps Jamie can tell us a little bit more about that personally. Jamie Davis, again, the owner of um, the secondhand store, the yard sale lady, joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Jamie, thank you for joining us. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good morning. How is everyone? We're doing well, Jamie, as well as we can, I suppose. Um, and I got to tell you, when I read your story, my heart broke for you. You are not a criminal. You are not somebody who's trying to make a political statement. You're trying to survive. You're a single mom. Yeah. You've got a child to pay for, and you're, you're 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 in a very very difficult situation. Tell me a little bit more about your business, and tell me about things before the shutdown orders happen and before the coronavirus happened. Tell me a little bit about that business. Uh, well, I actually started my business out of my backyard. Um, I was going through trouble with my kids, uh, so I wasn't able to get a regular job. So I started having yard sales in my yard. Well, the neighborhood started actually getting to know me. That's how I got my name. It's from my neighbors in my neighborhood. It's called the Yard Sale Lady. Um, I got too big for my yard, so I had to get a building. So I've been in my building for a little over a year and a half now. And uh, before the coronavirus, like I told uh, 
Cleveland News that 90% of my business is online sales. So what I mean by online sales is the marketplace, Facebook marketplace, OfferUp, Go, and Craigslist, stuff like that. Um, I maybe get 10 to 15 people in my building off the street, maybe 15 to 20 a week. Um, before the coronavirus, I had a little more traffic, but now that the coronavirus has happened, that has diminished down to two to maybe five people a week. That also includes my online sales. Oh, so your online sales have been cut dramatically as well? Yes. So yes. that's why you need to keep your door open so that you can get more foot traffic or at least have the chance to get more foot, more foot traffic so that you can generate you generate your sales. Yes, and as I told the police officers and news and everybody that I talked to, ever since I started my business, I'm there probably 90% of the time by myself. So I keep my front door locked and have a note on it that says, please ring doorbell for assistance. So technically, no one can really even come in the building unless they ring the doorbell and I let them in. What so kind of things do what kind of things do you sell primarily, uh, Jamie? Uh, primarily, I have everything from baby clothing, car seats, um, anything related baby, uh, anything related uh, woman shoes, accessories, purses, bras, underwear, uh, leggings, stockings, anything that has to do with women. Pretty much, mm-hmm. I have tools. Uh, power tools, hand tools, um, you know, stuff for cars. I have tires. I have rims. I have um, bedding. So, in I other have... words, in, in other words, let, let me jump in. In other words, you sell the same things that most people can buy at Walmart that remains open, that you can buy at uh, at an auto parts store, which remain open. Uh, Those places have been deemed to be essential enough to stay open. You have been told you are not essential. You're selling the same things they are except cheaper because they're secondhand. And you have been told you are not essential. How do you feel about that? Do you feel not essential? Um, I feel that I am essential. I don't think um, anybody really has a concept of what is necessity anymore like um i don't feel fast food restaurants is a necessity i think in today's world that's a luxury because we've gotten lazy you know wow um, yeah that's a great that's a great perspective now i like fast food so uh, i'm going to keep using it but but you're right it well, it, yeah. uh, it is a symbol of laziness how is that more essential than anybody else because it's not like people cannot cook it's not like they cannot go to the grocery store and get their own food and make it. So uh, the, you're right. right. Well, there what? are other secondhand stores that are open as well. Uh, Habitat for Humanity is still open. Mm-hmm. Uh, some shoppers' worlds are still open. Um, there's a couple secondhand stores in Parma that I do know of that are still open. So I just feel like it's not like criminal profiling, but it's just like mm-hmm. I feel like the city is going after all these small people and not corporate people, you know, that we don't have people backing us. We don't have someone signing paychecks or we don't have a corporate guy saying, okay, shut down, we'll give you severance or we'll do this for you like some companies are. Right. Small people don't have that. We have ourselves. 
And you have yourself, uh, and and we're talking to Jamie Davis, the owner of the Yard Sale Lady, which again, as she stated, started in her yard selling used uh, and secondhand items. She outgrew her own yard and opened up a store, an actual building. Jamie, on Thursday last week, the police come to your shop. You yeah. somebody has reported you that your your store remains open, and well, by God, we can't have that. We can't have the yard sale lady st- selling things uh, out of her shop uh, in the middle of this this terrible pandemic. Mike Dewine says so. So the cops come to you and tell you to close your store. Tell me how that went. What did you say to them? Um. Well, I was polite and uh, kind of abrasive <laughs> at the same time. Um. They asked me to pull it in. I said no. You know, it probably took me a good half hour of uh, debating with them to bring in my signs. But once they said that they could put me in jail, I kind of like cocked my head back a little like um, I have no criminal record. I've never been in trouble, never been in jail, never been in overnight in a jail. Um, so I'm just, it took me back like, how are you going to threaten someone like me that's never been in trouble to put me in jail to try and scare me? That's it's yeah. not a tactic for me because if I were to go to jail over everything, it would be to protect my business. Well, you know, um, the f- the funny part about that is, it, well, not funny, but but ironic, I guess, is they're allowing people out of jail, people who are actually yeah. criminals out of jail because of the yeah. coronavirus, but they're going to threaten to put people like you in. And by the way, I should point this out, too, and, and ask you, I, I don't know the who, who came to see you, which officers, but... I, I can almost guarantee you they hated having to be there. They have to order or enforce orders that are given by their higher-ups. And the higher-up, yeah. you know, is the chief of police who's doing what the mayor says, who is doing what the governor says. And unfortunately, they're sent to the, to do the uh, dirty work like this. So I feel bad yeah. for them even having to deal with this and to threaten you, uh, you know, because that's what they've been told to do. So you said, okay, um, you're going to shut down, right? And then they left. And you put your sign right back uh, well, up. I well, yeah, I have sidewalk signs, so I brought my sidewalk signs in, shut off my um, open signs on my door. Uh, they sat outside my building probably <clears throat> for a good hour and a half or so, mm-hmm. um, and then about five minutes after they left, I turned my open signs back on. And what happened? Did they come back in? No, uh, but before they had left and got back in their cars, I had asked them like. Why did you stop here? Because they're second district cops. I am literally one block away from second district. Right. Um, I have sidewalk signs outside and I have balloons on them. And I asked officers, why now? Why now after all this time that I've been out here every day, you guys see me all day long out here. Why now? He said, we would have never came here if somebody did not complain about you. Yeah. So because some other person had to complain that is the only reason all of this is going on and then they got to come out and harass you essentially and it's not again that's not something they would wish to do but the the deal right. is the, the 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 truth is though this is this is serious for you it's if if you get if you get cited if i if i read the article right you 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 could get uh 60 days in jail and a 750 dollar fine if you remain open when they tell you not to are you are you prepared for that uh, financially, no, no, I am not prepared, um, but I am prepared to defend my um, business. Like I told uh, several other people, it's like I said, it's not trying to define the law. It is trying to survive. I am a businesswoman. Uh, the guy I rent my building from is a businessman. He has 
several different uh, businesses from running rental properties to concrete to basement. Like he owns multiple businesses and I can't look at a businessman and be like, hey, I don't have your money because someone told me not to go to work today. Right. That's right. That's what it's all about. Uh, Jamie, 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 a little short on time. So let me ask you this. Is the uh, is the open sign going to be on today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Noon to seven. I will be there. I, I don't know if I should ask where your business is. I want to so that I could direct some foot traffic your way and help you make some revenue and generate some sales. Uh, but I also don't want to. I also don't want to say where you are and then encourage some idiot to come and tell the cops to come to your place and bust you. It's so, okay because I will remain open. The address is thirty five sixty five Fulton Road, Cleveland, Ohio four four one zero nine. In order to get to my parking lot, you must go around the block and back up the one-way street, Arnold Court. Um, I believe that the people at the cell phone store next door to me are the people that called to complain on me. So please do not park in their parking lot. Jamie, I uh, I want to do two things. I want to wish you the very best. I want you to be able to uh, keep your business open. I want you to be able to pay your bills. I want you to be able to take care of that child. I want you to uh, to continue to be free, which is what we once were in this country and in this state. And the second thing I want to do is give you an opportunity to speak directly to Governor Mike DeWine. If you had him in front of you right now, what would you say to him? Uh, that people should have been... Um you know, more voted on what was necessity and what isn't necessity because that shouldn't just fall to corporate people. If corporate people were not a necessity, they should not be open as well. So it should be fair for everybody, not just one person or one factious of yeah. the economy. Yeah, the government gets to pick the winners and losers who gets to stay open and stay in business and making money and who doesn't and uh, can't pay their bills, people like you. And that really, really is, I would agree with you, terribly unfair. That's why I wanted to tell your story. Uh, Jamie Davis, uh, owner of the Yard Sale Lady, thank you so much for coming on. I wish you the very best. Keep fighting the good fight and just know that those officers, if they come back, it's not by their choice, but I hope you are able to, uh, you hope you're able to convince them that you're not a criminal and that hopefully you can keep your business open. So I wish you the very best. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jamie. That's Jamie Davis, uh, owner of the yard. And I wonder how many other businesses are doing this who haven't yet had somebody call to quote-unquote report them. If your choice is closing your business and losing all of your revenue and being unable to pay your bills and and to pay for your home to keep the roof over your head and to feed your children, um, I would imagine there are going to be many, many businesses who say, you know what, bring it. You want to try to lock me up, lock me up, but you cannot tell me that I cannot make a living. I have to make a living. Jamie, good luck to you. Back after this. You know, there are a lot of other ways to hear us besides AM and FM. People ask me this actually more than you know. Um, you can listen live at whkradio.com. You can listen live through iHeartRadio. You can listen live through radio.com. You can listen live through our free mobile app, 1420 The Answer, on your app store. And you can even listen live through your home assistant devices. Uh, just say, Alexa, play The Answer Cleveland, and uh, you can listen that way, as too, that way as well. So if you ever have a problem, if you're ever trying to listen and you can't quite get it, can't uh, maybe you're in a bad building with bad reception, there are so many other ways to hear it digitally crystal clear. Uh, Amy is in Hudson on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello. Hi, Amy, go right ahead. 
Thank you very much for taking my phone call. I'll be very quick. Okay. I, uh, I have two points to make. But before that, I want to thank you for educating us with fig- uh, facts and figures. And secondly, for allowing your listeners to have a platform to reach a wide, a huge audience. Now, the huge audience I would like to reach is um, to call Senate President Obhoff. I have the phone number here, and I would like to give that to everyone. What I did this morning is I I left a message. There's nobody there. I left a message for him to um, let the Ohioans work to earn money and to open the economy to what it was before Corona-19 hit. And secondly, don't listen to Governor DeWine. Uh, his, um, Obhoff's phone number is 614-466-7505. And um, the reason I'm doing this is because the Corona-19 virus is not as dangerous as smallpox bacteria was years ago. It is not as dangerous as polio virus was years ago. They were much more dangerous, death rate was higher, and they left horrible marks afterwards. So, if, and, uh, if you want to call Arpoff at 614-466-7505, I'll be so happy. Well, Amy, I'm glad you, I'm glad, I love your initiative. Thank you so much for your phone call. Um, this is something that we've been talking about the last couple of days, and I'll remind you again what I've reminded you then, <clears throat> and that is that I have posted uh, the links to uh, the phone, uh, the email addresses and phone numbers for the offices of all Ohio state senators and state representatives, and I'll try to continue to do so, because we do need to get in their ears. If you want to get Ohio back to work again, you want to get Ohio open again, and you can't get through to the governor, and he won't listen to us, uh, then we need to hear, you know, talk to, again, w- uh, another one-third of the three co-equal branches of government in the state, and that is the Ohio legislator, l- legislature. And by the way, tomorrow we'll do that directly. Uh, in fact, let me do a full-on promo here. Tomorrow, we're going to have Representative Nino Vitale on. He's the individual who got 30-plus <clears throat> um, state representatives to sign on to a... Uh, a um, uh, it's not a bill, but essentially a plan and outline for reopening Ohio immediately, all elements of Ohio, under safe social distancing guidelines, et cetera, uh, et cetera, but to allow the people of Ohio to get, to get back to work. So he and other senator or, uh, state representatives are pressing, pressing for that. And then we'll go to the, the executive branch on Friday. I should announce this now. Uh, not Governor DeWine. <clears throat> Governor DeWine has declined an invitation to return to this program. And I'm not surprised, especially after I called for his impeachment. Uh, and I will renew that call because what he is doing is devastating to this state. But his lieutenant governor, John Husted, has agreed to have a conversation with me on Friday's program at 1010. So tomorrow, Nino Vitale of the Ohio State uh, uh, House of Representatives and on Friday, Lieutenant Governor Husted will be here. Uh, so uh, you're going to want to be here for those conversations, trust me. Uh, I don't think I have time to take another call here because I'd have to give you about 20 seconds to talk, so I'm just going to go ahead and take this and remind you also of this. <clears throat> if you're on hold, I apologize. But remind you also of this. The video of the doctors from Accelerated Urgent Care in California that went viral as they called for the nation to reopen because the evidence, the medical science dictates that it's time 
That video that was removed by YouTube is online on Tom Zawistowski's site. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org to see that video, save it, and share it. It's extraordinarily important. Mike Gallagher is next. We'll see you tomorrow.